Welcome to the Marketing Mantra Podcast, brought to you by 99signals.com, a place to find top-notch content on a wide range of marketing topics, including SEO, social media marketing, content marketing, blogging, and more. Take your blog to the next level and achieve massive traffic growth by learning top blogging strategies discussed in the Marketing Mantra Podcast. And now, here is your host, Sandeep Malia. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 46 of the Marketing Mantra podcast. This is your host Sandeep Malia from 99signals.com. Today I'll be joined by Jules Stan, the host of Storytelling Secrets podcast. He's a group fitness instructor turned email copywriter and has a passion for stories. His podcast, Storytelling Secrets, uncovers how the power of storytelling can be used to instantly connect with your audience that makes selling as easy as tying your shoelace. Storytelling Secrets has been featured in the top 100 for entrepreneurship in the US and in the top 50 for Australia and the UK. Jules is passionate about teaching his audience the power of interviews to really understand people's core desires, motivation for change, and why people buy. If you have ever dreaded the research that goes into writing high converting copy, you need to listen to this episode. By the end of this episode, you'll learn exactly how he strategically uses his story interview framework that will help you write your next winning promotion. So let's get right down to the interview. Here's Jules Stan. Hey Jules, welcome to the Marketing Mantra podcast. Thank you so much for being here today and spending time with us. Sandeep, it's a pleasure and an honor to be on your show. So thanks so much for having me on here. So for those of my listeners who haven't uh, tuned into your podcast, Storytelling Secrets, can you share a few details about what you do and uh, your journey so far? Yep. So it's all about story selling, how you actually sell, persuade, and market with stories specifically for business owners and entrepreneurs and i go through a lot of my i have a personal sort of uh show on a monday where i sort of tell my a little tips and strategies through my learnings and i also bring on an expert or someone else. so i bring on an expert and they'll tell about some really cool story selling strategies themselves and i'll also bring on people onto my show and I will take them through my story framework and I'll I'll literally guide them through a story arc and really pull out the hidden emotions and um, feelings inside of their story. It's it's really, really fascinating. So I'm really curious to know about uh, this framework of yours. Before that, can you just tell us how you got started with storytelling and uh, email copywriting? Yeah, for sure. It's actually kind of funny because I started doing Facebook ads in about 2018 without actually doing any copywriting. I don't know why, but I was just winging it. I was doing a lot of promos for giveaways and coupons, and that seemed to be working at the time. And, um, you know, it started it started to not really that work that well. So I remember that one, one client, um, I did a story sort of campaign for a restaurant. And I remember very, very well, I've got this on video. It's, it was so, such a cool feeling. I just remember I hit the campaign on and then all these leads started popping up on a screen in a spreadsheet, like ding, 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 ding. It was really, really cool. But three days later, that restaurant owner called me and said, Julian, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, but we're $400,000 in the red. I'm going to have to let you go. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done serving local businesses because I do not feel like I'm... <laughs> Like I'm a marketing business partner. I feel like I'm. it's just a transactional get me leads sort of relationship. And I sort of took a different direction. I wanted to serve entrepreneurs 
because I found this really cool Facebook group, got some case study clients in there um, and they they really appreciated me working as like a business marketing partner. And we started doing storytelling inside of chatbots. I was playing a lot around with chatbots, uh, getting some cool results, did a launch with this one with this uh, one lady called Chantel Turner. She does Facebook groups. We did a story sort of sequence from her perspective. And it was during that time that I sort of found this accidental framework. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a funny story because I was trying to build these bots, right? And I gave them this story questionnaire and two out of the three clients that I had were ready to quit. And they said, I'm not a writer. I can't do this. Uh, I think I'm going to just stop it. And I had to stop them right there. And I said, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to get you on a call and we're going to go through this as an interview style. And sure enough, during that interview style, I was able to pull this. They were much more comfortable with telling their story and actually going through this and me sort of following up with, you know, not just going over a series of events, but actually pulling out emotions and feelings along the way. And uh, long story short, Sandeep, uh, I didn't really like the direction that Facebook was going with their ads and everything else. Uh, sorry, with their, with their Facebook bots. And um, I kind of stopped doing it because it, you're building your, your business on someone else's land and you weren't able to actually message them in a sequential order. And so that's why I went back to email and um, I've been having a bit of fun since then. Can you give us a quick example of how a story style interview would work on a chatbot platform? Okay, so the interview was just to get the copy out of them. So to find out how their story started and get their feelings and emotions and their desire to change and whatnot. And it, it all started, for instance, with Chantel's with a lead magnet inside of her Facebook group. And it said, look, I'm going to, once they click the lead magnet, it basically said, it's going to be in your messenger in a couple minutes, but first I want to tell you a quick story. And the whole part of that chatbot was just to keep creating open loops and trying to pull them through and keep clicking to the end. And at the end is the call to the action. Um, and that's sort of just like a, a, a 30,000 foot view of what that would look like. However, I don't do that anymore. And I found that doing an email series is just as effective. Great. Uh, so Jules, what I would like to know is uh, why do you think your story style interview email format uh, is better than the type of emails we receive from other bloggers and podcasters in the industry who are promoting their own work? Why do you think the story style interview email copy is that much more effective? Okay. So let me paint a bit of a picture for you. So when I first really started to get serious with writing copy, you go, you, you go to Google and um, you ask, how do I write, how do you research, how do you research for copywriting? And you'll get a bunch of answers saying, go to Amazon and go look at the reviews or go to your relevant markets, Facebook groups, or look at your competitors funnels. And this can be effective, like don't get me wrong, it's good secondary information, but the problem is that one, it takes a lot of time to sift through all of it, and two, you're only really getting words and phrases from that. But say when you're able to actually get a either yourself or your customer's story and a full story, that's when it's actually a lot more powerful. You can get a lot of those more phrases, but then someone can actually relate to that person in the story in the selling process. Right. 
So uh, can you tell us a bit about um, the convergence that you've received with uh, story style interviews um, as compared to the traditional email? Uh, can you share a few stats? What do you mean by um, traditional email? Could you um, just elaborate that a little bit better, please? I mean, the, the emails that you typically re receive from other marketers where it's to yeah. the point, right? There's no story to tell. And uh, sometimes it's a pretty abstract sort of an email that you get. I've seen the emails that you've shared. I've signed up for your newsletter and yeah. it always has this unique style, right? So, yeah. uh, and they're quite lengthy. I mean, the emails that uh, I receive from other bloggers tend to be uh, a little concise and uh, there's always a link to click on, right? There's a link yeah. to click on and we go to a yeah. blog post or we go to a yeah. video or a podcast. But we, in your case, uh, what I've seen is you have the email copy and uh, you spend most of your time in the inbox itself because you're sharing a story right in the email inbox of the person. Mm -hmm. So uh, so do you think this has really helped you with the engagement? Because uh, this is, these are two opposing styles, right? Uh, yeah. On one corner, you have someone who wants to click on a specific link uh, on an email and then, you know, drive traffic to the site. On the other hand, you have your, your email, wherein uh, at least as far as I can remember, I didn't see any link there. I mean, most of the engagement was taking place in the email itself. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's a really good point that you brought up and thank you for acknowledging my emails. Um, yeah, I actually haven't done, say, old style of like the old school style of, you know, concise in here because I actually just, you know, I only really did start my email list back in December when I started my podcast and I've always been doing those story style in um, emails. And to answer your question, not every email will have a call to action. Some of them is just to build like a no like and trust factor. But in terms of, say, performing this for someone else, I'll give you a quick example. So I was working with someone who was doing affiliate marketing products. And um, all he was doing was, here's what the product does. Here's the features and benefits. Here's the link. He was getting some sales for about a $30 product. He's probably making $100-ish a day from doing that, which is pretty good. And then once we were able to actually, so I went through, did a full sort of, analysis of who he is, tell some stories and segue it to his product instead. And uh, we were able to double the sales. And it, was, it was from the first email. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty cool to see that. What I really like about this, at least from my own experience, when you first send me an email, uh, you wanted to be on this podcast, right? And uh, mm -hmm. it was a completely uh, a unique sort of a template that I received from your end. In fact, when I received your email, I was quite busy. I was working on a blog post. <laughs> But yeah. it stopped me in my tracks. Uh, it really drew me in. And uh, it took me a while to figure out that, okay, uh, I, I see what you're doing here. You are employing the storytelling technique. And it has, like they say, you know, uh, I was just listening to Pat Flynn's uh, podcast a few days yeah. back. And, uh, you know, uh, he had Donald Miller on, uh, who's... Um, yep, he's who's, a great uh, storyteller. Yeah, storybrand.com, right? Uh, he talks about how uh, our, you know, the human brain daydreams 30% of the time. And uh, only if you start with the story, the whole human brain stops daydreaming and starts paying attention. And uh, that's exactly what happened with me now that I look back. So that's one of the reasons why I replied to your email. I get a lot of outreach emails, a lot of people who want uh, a link back uh, from my blog. Yeah. And uh, people who want to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, invited to the podcast. But I really like the copywriting technique that you used. And it certainly worked with me. And I can understand why it's working with uh, some of your uh, clients or some of your users as well. So uh, good to know. 
Oh, thank you. So, that's a, that's a super secret getting onto podcast formula I've created. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe another pro- for a podcast. Um, but yeah, sorry. Continue with your questioning. So what I wanted to know was how the engagement matrix are with this sort of email because I've never tried it, and I'm pretty sure many of my listeners haven't tried it, right? So like you said, a typical email is just you know you have sometimes you have the header image, you have some text, and there's a CTA at the end, right? Yeah. But with your email, it's a, it's a little different. Uh, it's almost like a blog post. I just wanted to understand from your end as to uh, what kind of CTRs you're getting. So I'll give you my own example. I get like five percent CTRs. What's the CTR in your case? If you can just share that. for a typical yeah. podcast promoting email. Oh, I wouldn't disappoint you. It'd probably be around the same, you know, like 5 to 10%, but the thing I really have noticed is that the people who are reading it uh all this the same people and the people who are reopen those people as well are reopening and reading the email several four or five times, which I don't know why, but that's it. I, I don't have like it's not like any more super sexy statistics, but Um one thing mm. I actually really do like is that when you ask for a reply people mm. often people often reply and uh, if you train them at the beginning in your email sequence to reply and um you know you make it very clear that you're telling a story giving value and you're just ending with a soft pitch and even the soft pitch is asking for a reply um I think that's a really nice benefit to it as well right The other thing I wanted to know was uh, the story style interviews that you have uh, that mm-hmm. you use for your email copy. Does it work for all kinds of uh, email promotion or is it meant specifically for certain emails? You can use it in sales letters, you can use it on a Facebook ad, you can use it it's it's basically just copywriting research for your market. Mm. So it it's um it doesn't really matter what the platform or media is and mm-hmm. email is just the thing that I use. Okay so it works for everything it works for yeah. uh, it works mostly for sales but uh, yeah you've used it for everything cool mm-hmm. so uh, i'm pretty sure you have a lot of uh, stories to share about your story uh, interview framework what's the first step my audience can do now to get started with a story interview okay so the first step okay so i'm actually going to give your audience a bunch of questions to go through um that i was hoping i could run through sort of like a framework of how you be a really good interview because that's the key in all of this. Anyone can use the mm-hmm. questions, um but if if you can't be someone who's a good listener, someone who can't follow up, then it doesn't doesn't quite work. So one of the first steps Sandeep is um all about say rapport. Now, what's one of the first things that you would do before you go exercise Sandeep? Well, I do warm up exercises. Exactly. You would warm up and yeah. Do you know why would you warm up just to get my body prepared for uh, the intense workout that is coming up exactly loosen so, up a bit yeah yeah loosen up get everything ready you're primed to go and this is really important when you're say sitting down with your ideal client and you want to have a conversation about their deepest darkest secrets um it's very unlikely that they're just going to open up to you and tell you how they really feel if you know you don't have that initial rapport so even when we first started sandeep um you you asked like should we get into it and i said no no let's like let's get to know each other a little bit better and just you know just have a little bit of a chat yeah yeah just that little bit of a rapport a little bit of a chat just warms up the com- um that relationship that you have with each other and um right. it really brings the barriers down just a little bit and that's one of the first steps the audience can do yeah breaking the ice 
Exactly. Yeah. Very simple, yeah. but um, you know, some people just skip over it. Yeah, like I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no stress, mate. No. So uh, what I meant to do at that time was I wanted to ask you if I can start recording, and uh, I just blurted out, "Shall we get started?" So uh, I usually do have a warm-up session, or uh, I do have a sort of breaking the ice sort of a session before I hit the record button. But uh, sometimes the pre-recording itself is interesting. Like I had uh, one of my interview guests who was on the show uh, almost a year back. We had a pretty interesting conversation before we started recording the podcast. So I wish I had recorded that and uh, kept it in the podcast because even listeners, you know, like to uh, uh, you know listen to conversation that is outside the specific topic de- yes. being discussed, right? But yeah. So I just wanted to ask you if I can press the record button, but uh, I just blurted out, "Shall we get <laughs> nah, started?" So it's all good. I don't mean to throw you under the bus like that. <laughs> it's okay. <all> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh, continue, please. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, no stress. Okay, so the next thing your yeah. audience really wants to do to get this killer uh, interview is um, you really need, both of you really need each other's attention. And I really want to illustrate this point because last year I had another podcast. It was called Focused Entrepreneur Radio. Different story why I did that. Um, but Sandeep, I was, I was trying to get this A-list author onto my podcast. I won't name names. won't be doing that because <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit unfair. But I was back and forth as assistant 10 times, jumping over these hopes, jumping through these hopes to get on a call with him. Finally got on a call with him. I actually looked at the video at it the other day and he was so distracted. So what's the quality of a conversation like with your friend or someone you know, or maybe an acquaintance and, you know, they're on a phone? Yeah, it's pretty annoying. It's annoying. It's just it's they're not present with you and his his yeah. eyes were monitor, were were darting from one monitor to the next and so mm. it didn't have my full attention and he didn't have his full attention um and one of the biggest desires for any human is to be heard and listened to so again if you're going into a conversation and you're getting them to open up about their deepest darkest secrets their feelings their motivations you need to have full attention they need to have your full attention. So put a sign on the door saying, you know, don't come in. Um, don't, don't, don't distract all phones away. This sounds very, you know, simplistic and basic, but you'd be surprised how many times, you know, a distraction can just come up and then it will completely ruin the whole process. Step three for your audience. And it's all about body language. And um, I want to teach you a bit of a lesson of how I learned this and how you can apply it to an interview and make it very, very um, helpful for your for your audience. So I'm actually, I used to be a group fitness instructor before um, COVID-19 actually. And um, okay. back when I started two years ago, it was very different from personal training. I was doing personal training a lot, which is one-on-one. And so I was introduced and thrown into the deep end with one-to-many. And I was in my, by myself in a class, big whiteboard, had all these exercises, squats, deadlifts, burpees, and I had it in a circle. And I was very conscious of people's time. And what I would do right. is I would just rush through the demonstration and the explanation and um, I just, okay, let's go. So what do you think, what do you think happened in that situation, Sandeep? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll give you a bit of a clue. It's a bit of a... You know, people going opposite directions, um, people asking questions, people doing the complete wrong exercises. And uh-huh. 
and this happened for you know like a month or two and i just thought like this is just unprofessional like i'm getting paid not not a bad amount to do this so i'm going to go try and um, improve my public speaking skills so i went to toastmasters and okay. the two main skills that they taught me there was to really slow down and to read the audience's body language and that particularly their faces and so i did so the next time i ran a class um i would explain it and i would pay attention to people's faces and there were these it was really it was like this aha moment i would see there's people who had this i get it face and there were these other people who had this nah like what is he saying i don't understand and it was a bit mean but what i would do is i would pick out those people who didn't quite understand i'll be like john so how many sets and reps are we doing this round? And he, he replied, I don't actually know what a set and rep is. I'm like, okay, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't matter. And what I would do is I would paraphrase it back to him in a way that he did understand. And then he switched his face from I don't get it to, I, to an I get it look. And mm. so that's when I understood that body language and paraphrasing are so, so important. Even if you say are doing a Zoom call and you're trying to do a story interview with someone. So let's just say, for instance, you want to ask them, like you ask them a question and then um, they don't quite understand. And then you might paraphrase what they said back to them in a different way. And then you want to be being, paying attention to what their face says. And then once they light up and they get that, I get it, look, you know, you're getting a really authentic answer. And so that is step number three. And the last one, step number four, to being a really good interviewer and getting very genuine and authentic answers is to follow up with why. And the reason why this is important is because on my podcast, um, when I did this story style interview, a really common thing that I noticed was that people said, for instance, I felt like a failure. And then they would try and skip on to the next thing. So I, I'd have to pull them back and I'd say, hang on, hang on. Why did you feel like a failure? And it would take about four or five whys to get to the bottom mm -hmm. of, say, an internal desire or as to why they really felt like a failure. And more often than not, it really came down to uh, being able to be provider for their family or their spouse. But that didn't actually come from I felt like a failure. So I had to really dig deep to get in there. Um, so those are the four points for your audience is to build rapport, create attention between both of you and get that. I get it. Look, body language and paraphrase back to them and make sure you follow up with why several times. The five why technique, if I'm not mistaken, that's what it's called, right? The five why's because you need to ask why five times to get, like you said, to the internal desire of the person. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, are there any obstacles uh, that you face uh, while uh, uh, figuring out how to interview properly? Yes, it was breaking some of these rules, for instances. And I think we brought them up at the start of the podcast, but mainly for the most part, if you're wanting to run these questions, the biggest mistake that I, I would, if I see or if I give this to someone, is that they're, they're too afraid to um to butt in because it's not a regular podcast interview it's it's a different style of conversation and at the start i was a bit afraid to sort of just butt in and say can we you know like sorry interrupt but can we come back a bit and you know follow up mm. um so if i was to come back and tell my uh, coach myself going back like no you should butt in you should tell them at the start 
as to why it's important that you're allowed to um, interrupt them in that sort of moment. Um, and yeah, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. So uh, can you also share uh, the type of questions uh, you would typically ask the person you're interviewing? Yeah, okay. So there's a whole list of questions that I mentioned that from expert secrets from um, Russell Brunson. But here's the thing, and here's a really important thing as well that you should be aware of. There are five, uh, five sort of areas um, that really sort of motivate, persuade someone to take action. And it's from a book called Blair Warren's, uh, it's, it's by Blair Warren, it's called One Sentence Persuasion. I really love this line. It says, people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, allay their fears, confirm their suspicions, and help them throw rocks at their enemies. And so what, I'll, mm. what, we actually, what I'm going to be trying to doing is that when I'm taking them through the story interview, I want to be really paying attention to, am I covering what their dream was? Am I covering um, what are they afraid of? Am I covering maybe who's burnt them before? Am I covering an enemy, say like a guru, they bought Facebook ads before and they've just felt ripped off? Like, Am I actually covering all of these and following up? Um, but actually, if you're very curious about the questions, the first one normally is, can you take me back to a point of high drama when you know, all your sort of problems started? And that's when they'll take me sort of on a long journey um, and I'll have to just listen and listen and listen. And then the next part, which is what was your desire to change? And there's normally two desires to change. There's an internal and an external desire. So an external desire is typically I want the money, I want the house, I want the cool lifestyle, I want the good job, I want the entrepreneurship lifestyle. But the internal side is, you know, maybe it's giving back to people, maybe it's um, creating a legacy or something like that. And that is um, step number two. Uh, so to get them back up in front of me. Um, huh. number, <laughs> number three, sometimes you just do it so much you just forget number it. It's three, kind of yeah. weird. That number three is um, you definitely want to, when they're coming through, say like their journey, you've, you've listed their desires. What's that external struggle? What's that internal struggle? Okay. They're going to be on their, their journey for change, but then something on their current opportunity gets in their way. So there could be a common one is they lose their job. Um, you know, they're on the way and their Facebook account got shut down or something like that. There's normally yeah. some big obstacle at the very beginning. Mm. And during this uh, t time of, you know, crisis in a, in a sense, yeah. they, they, they have an epiphany moment. They have this light bulb moment. And it's in that time where it's usually either, say, like a guide is has shown them the light. And Donald Miller actually mentions this in his story brand framework. So a guide doesn't have to be necessarily like a mentor. You could be listening to a podcast and you got a great idea. You could be listening to a song and it sparked some idea. You could be just even walking on your own and then this thought popped into your head. But it's that epiphany moment is that defining moment where, hang on, I know where I need to really go here. And in that moment is where you're, you're asking then, so what was your plan to, to really get to that next step to achieve your desire? And they're going to tell you, yeah, you know, like I, I, I got my shit together. Um, I did this, I did this. And 
here's the part where um, I normally have to pull up people in the storytelling framework. They'll go straight to the results and just tell me it was all swell. Uh, and and surely most of the time there's a problem and a half that happens before that. And normally it's not necessarily say maybe the, the, they didn't get enough clients or money coming through. I really try and pinpoint what was the, the character sort of flaws and the character maybe um, imposter syndrome that was going on, the conflict that was going on in before they really got that achieved result at the very end. And almost all the time it is this feeling of inadequacy or I don't deserve this or why should I be doing, why should I be doing this? And in that moment, you, I really want to be asking them, like, where did you, where was this happening? Like, which room or, or which house were you going for a walk? Um, because I want the details. The details are really, really important. It's, it's one thing to say yeah. I had imposter syndrome, but it could have been like, I just got off a Zoom call with this guy who had a seven-figure business, and he asked me to do, I don't know, just write copy for him. And after that, after that phone call, my throat was in my stomach, basically, because I was just walking away feeling like I'm just, a, I just basically got started six months ago. Um, so those details that really, really matter in that conflict. So back to, like I said, those four steps following up with why, why did you feel like an imposter? And right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really, really fascinating. Once this, once you get this going, get this good groove between the two of you. Then the next mm -hmm. bit is, is the very end. Okay. It's the fun part. It's the sexy part that everyone has on their webinars and the ads. It's the achievement. So the end result. Um, but here's the part where you have to get, you have to dial in at the, at the very end. There's a transformation that happens and Donald Miller mentions this as well. So there's your person at the very start who's, who's a hot mess. Everything's going wrong. And there's a person at the very end and they're two very different people. And it's your job if you're going through this storytelling framework, say with your client, you want to really paint that transformation. Like what were those very beginning beliefs that are now shattered and they've become someone else or get very clear on who the, who that transform, who that customer transformation is or what that customer transformation is. Um, because when someone's looking to buy, they really want to see that transformation inside themselves. So if you can really paint that picture for a potential buyer in this case, then you're going to win because it's one thing to say, you know, they won, they, they got $10,000 um, with their first client. Like really paint that transformation for them in a different way and tie some emotion into that. And um, that is how I would run my storytelling interview framework. Okay. So one question I had, and uh, this may sound like a pretty basic question. Whatever you, you're saying makes sense for a story interview, right? Uh, yep. the, I really like the unique insights you're bringing in, but uh, I'm still not able to figure out, uh, you know, the email context in all this, right? So you're saying that uh, this is an email uh, copywriting technique, right? So how does it work when, how does a story style interview work in an email copywriting setup? Okay. Um, you don't, because so... Some of, remember I was talking about the um, the one sentence persuasion um, thing. I said, encourage your dreams, just for the failures, all those sort of different components. Right. So when I'm writing an email, I typically want to hone in on some of those different things: their dreams, okay. their failures, their aspirations, their their enemies. 
And even if I were just to do this storytelling framework, um, it's giving me a lot of good research into who I'm talking to and who I'm writing to. Um, okay. And when I get that transcript up and I, I go through the whole thing and I, I find those specific, this is the enemy, this is their dream, this is their fears, um, those are the things I can lead with as, a, say, like a subject line or a story that's happened to myself that's been a similar experience to someone I've been through that um, story interview. Um, and that's how I would use it inside of email. Okay, got it. So that's yeah. something that I wanted to uh, ask you. Now it's much more clear. And uh, you must have already, you know, uh, seen a lot of people using this framework. You you have a pretty popular podcast, and I'm pretty sure you've used this technique with your listeners as well. Uh, can you share a few success stories with us, or uh, can you tell us if there are some uh, mistakes that uh, people have made while implementing this framework? I have not heard or seen anyone else do this with an interview, but I could not be. Maybe I'm not looking, you know, deep enough. Um, but yeah, some of the, mis the biggest mistakes, like we said, we, if I were to go back and do this all again, is um, definitely paint those details in the room. And definitely, so you've got five senses, not just um, feelings. You've got sight, smell, taste, touch, mm. and then feeling. So following up with why and then getting very clear on those details and the environment and what it was going through in their head and around them. Um, that's some of the biggest mistakes that uh, I would see someone going through this framework. And if I were to go through it again, um, that's something I would do. Another really important thing, Sandeep, is um, when I was coming, when I was like really honing in this process, at the start, we just went through the questions and then I was trying to do this. And at the very end, it was a bit unclear what the transformation was. And so that's why I always, 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 at the very start, at, at the core, I'll say, I like to begin with the end in mind and what's that mm -hmm. transformation that you want to show to your customers. So when someone who's a potential buyer sees this, they see themselves and we're very, very clear what's the end transformation. So then when we're work, working through these questions, there's a clear ending. Are there any exercises that my listeners can do uh, if they uh, uh, want to reach uh, the level that you have reached with your framework? Yeah. Are there any uh, uh, exercises yep. in storytelling that you would recommend? Of course, of course. Okay, so I actually posted this on LinkedIn, I think, yesterday. And here's a great framework okay. just in general to tell stories and sell in an email without being a sleazy salesperson. You do a story and then you segue or bridge and then you sell and you pitch. And then someone might be like, okay, great. What do I, how do I get better at this? And my exercise is that you get random objects, tennis ball, a pen, a water bottle. But first you want to think about what's the end objective of your email. So like, are you getting them to click on a podcast? You want them to buy something in particular, or maybe you just want to direct them to a Facebook group. So that's the end objective. And then the creative exercise is to think of those different objects, okay? And then to just think of a story and make a relevant connection to that call to action at the end. And it's not going to be great the first few times you do it. I, 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 <laughs> you're going to do this every day. You've got to commit. But it's mm. working your creative muscles and it's really working. I don't know if this is an official part of the brain, 
but you're able to see the linkages and the connections and the relationships between almost anything. You can make a, a bridge between a, a cup and how that relates to your offer. Um, and that's one of my favorite uh, exercises on a daily basis. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And finally, the one question I have, uh, which I ask uh, almost all the guests on my podcast is, are there uh, any books that you would like to recommend? What are the two to three books that you would recommend to other podcasters or entrepreneurs out there who would like to try the storytelling technique? Okay. Um, Expert Secrets is a by Russell Brunson is a fantastic book for, in general, just knowing who you want to be online and then telling a story through that regard. It also has the questions in there that I go through. But if you want to get better at, say, actually storytelling and story selling, then there's a book called Stories That Stick by Kendra. Wait, her name is Kendra Hall. And, um, okay. and then Stories That Stick. Um, okay. th- those are the two books that um, if you want to level up your storytelling and use it for selling in a non-sleazy way, I would highly recommend those two. Great. So Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson and Stories That Stick by Kindra Hall. Awesome. Thank you so much for these recommendations. Do you have a final piece of advice for our listeners or something that you would like to plug? Okay, for sure. So, um, yeah, if you if you liked what I what you heard and you want to get to know uh, me a little bit better, I encourage you to go check out Storytelling Secrets on all the other podcast channels. And um, if you really like me, um, I'm going to be giving Sandeep my um, Storytelling Secrets members area. It's basically for my podcast. It's free. It, I teach you how to write, sell, and market with stories. Um, especially inside of email. And um, that's just free to all your listeners as a little gift from me. Thank you so much for that. Please share the link with me. I'll include the same in the description of this episode. Uh, So listeners, you can uh, just check out the episode description uh, to click on uh, the link that Jules will be sharing with me and you can learn more about his story style interview framework. Thank you so much, Jules, for being a part of the show and sharing your copywriting secrets. Yeah, and I can't wait to have you on my podcast soon.